So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a special show for you today. It is the Wednesday news show. I got a new show that I put together just for you based on very, very timely news for today. Yes, today. So we're going to try out this format. If you guys like it, we will continue it because there's so much happening with real estate news, real estate brokerages, things changing in the industry that I thought a short news program every single Wednesday would serve the Rockstar Nation the best. Of course, Monday and Fridays will be our regular shows, and I'm calling this State of the Market. Hope you enjoy it, and let us know what you think. Send us an email to info at rebusuniversity.com, or simply go on to Facebook and go to Next Level Agents. If you're not a member, please join, or... Just go to Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben. There's another one out there now. So go to Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben and join that too. Give us a comment. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Welcome, everybody. This is going to be some fun stuff. My name is Pat Hyben. Pat, how's it going, man? I'm Kevin Kaufman, obviously, and super excited to be here with you, buddy. Yep, and uh, you guys are listening and watching State of the Market, which is your new source for real estate news. And we're excited. This is the first show we are doing of many. And uh, if you guys like this, we're going to make it a regular thing. And uh, we think that there is definitely a deficit in the industry now for real estate news in an audible and video format and so much of the world is going to that so we are your online live newspaper essentially when it comes to all things real estate so uh kevin how's it going today what's going on in sunny arizona doing good man i gotta tell you it's beautiful here it's a little chilly but got lots of sunshine and uh, i can't complain i cannot complain it's doing good out here that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk news, buddy. Let's talk news. What's happening in the news today? Real yeah. estate. What do we let's need to be Let's talk about the Facebook uh, post heard around the real estate world, which was Nick Bailey stepping down as the Century 21 CEO and president. This one stuck out to me personally because uh, I got to know Nick a little bit back in 2012 when he had, he had left Remax and was sort of looking for his next venture, if you will. He'd spent, I want to say 10, 11, maybe even 12 years at Remax in different regional and VP roles. And I, at the time, was a regional director at Keller Williams and based in Denver, Colorado area. And Nick, Nick's from Lone Tree. And so we got to know each other a little bit. I know he had had some conversations with different folks at KWRI. And uh, so I, I reached out and we had a couple cups of coffee, 
really good guy, very sharp guy. You know, he ended up, I know, going to work for Market Leader, which was then acquired by Zillow, and he had a nice career at Zillow. And about 18 months ago, he took this job as the CEO and president of Century 21, which I thought was peculiar. You know, Century 21 doesn't exactly, it doesn't bring the thought thought of freshness in, in a guy like Nick uh, when you think of the, the Century 21 brand, but he's a sharp guy. So I just assumed he knew something I didn't. And then, so yesterday when he posted on Facebook that he was uh, stepping down, I, I was surprised. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, first of all, he goes from, you know, Colorado to New Jersey, brings his whole family there, and then probably got to New Jersey and it just rained too freaking much, you know. <laughs> Not to mention, you know, I mean, it was an uphill battle a little bit for him, but he transformed their brand. I mean, he did a major job. I mean, if you look on Facebook, you know, he has an outpouring of people that are like, we love you, you know, we're so sad, you changed Century 21 us so much we were so old-fashioned and now we're hip and thank you thank you thank you and you know i couldn't help myself i you know i I was gonna and sometimes late night i do this stuff truth be told (laughs) but uh i didn't i was gonna i was gonna post on stuff i was gonna post there honestly kevin i was gonna post uh, good luck at remax <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Colorado, and he's not saying what he's doing. And uh, I couldn't help myself. I just want to say good luck at Remax. Everybody knows he's going to Remax. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that seems to be the uh, consensus now. I, I don't. I haven't heard anything that all that confirms it, but I've certainly read uh, different reports already out this morning that he is on indeed on his way to Remax. We know that they've had their uh, their share of turmoil in the CEO spot with the situation with Linegar and his co-CEO, Adam, his last name escapes me right now. And so who knows, maybe that is where he's headed to next. I got to tell you though, man, that's still shocking though, no matter how you look at it. I can see why he'd want to do that, but coming from a major company like Realogy, I'm surprised that there's not some sort of non-compete, you know, if he does end up at Remax, I'm curious as to what transpired there. Yeah, you know, right. You figured he'd have contracts and everything. And, you know, part of me too, like if he was like an employee, I was looking to hire him for a company I had, I would be a little concerned about his his ADD. You know, I mean, he, I mean Chris has been at like four different companies jumping around a lot, but it's funny. So what's happening at Remax or what happened at Remax, as you know, Leninger gave, the dude's name is Adam Contos. So the CEO, right, at the time, this guy, Adam Contos, for some reason, right? For some reason, right? If you're, you're a CEO of Remax, right? Why, and, and you guys own a mortgage company, Motto Mortgage, right? You own a freaking mortgage company. Why not, you can buy a house. Why don't you just get up? You own a mortgage company. Why can't you lead by example, right? Use the fucking mortgage company that you own. So anyways, the dude goes out and gets a personal loan from Dave Leninger, right? For whatever reason, maybe at his reasons, I don't know, two and a half million bucks, right? Then next thing you know, it's an ethics violation, which in my mind, it really shouldn't have been because it was a personal loan. He didn't use Remax's money, right? It yeah. was just literally pocket money, right? So he's like, here, go, take this. But anyways, so both of them stepped down. Then then over time, you know, they let the dust settle. You know, stock, stock levels off, goes back up. And uh, now, you know, recently, I think as recently as a week ago, Adam Contos is stepping back into the picture as a member of the board of directors, he's chairman, 
He's basically, yeah, he's basically a member of the board of directors of Model Mortgage and, and the Remax, the Remax umbrella, basically. So now he's back in, which is which is fine. So he's probably back in, and I, I guess did they ever replace him? You know, I don't really know what went down. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, Adam and Dave were like this co-CEO, and, and I think we've now seen a track record in real estate that co-CEOs don't maybe work out so well. What do you? to the Keller Williams thing? With yeah, I mean, how Keller? many companies, I think there's a reason why most companies have one CEO. I say that as somebody who co-owns and truthfully co-runs a business with somebody, but I know that it's not normal the way our business relationship works. And I, I can only imagine when you get to that level, whether it's publicly traded like Remax or privately held like a KW, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. And to have two different CEOs and two different... How do you have two people in charge? I think somebody's got to make decisions. You know what I mean? Some, yep. At the end of the day, partners, partners are hard enough, but it's all so much easier if everybody respects one person and just is like, hey, you know, the buck ends here. You know, this person's going to this person's going to forge forward on it. But yeah, you're right. The co-CEO thing is is too micromanagey and too, well, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? Just, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't feels to me like that means there's not a clear cut direction and there's not a clear cut decision on number one, who the leader is and the direction that the leader is leading. That's what it feels like to me. John and uh, Chris Heller, what happened was it was, uh, you know, Gary put them both in and said, you know, made it like a horse race, right? Like, let, let's see who can handle the stress, right? Let's may the best man win. It almost felt like that, right? But, you know, and then maybe not, but, but anyway, so. It's I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah, he's definitely going back. Yeah, so that that's interesting. We'll be, I'll be, I'll definitely be keeping my eyes on that. I know you will be too, and I'm sure we'll cover it again in the future. But, hey, something else that you and I have been talking about going back and forth recently was this whole government shutdown. And yeah, the mortgage officers, friends in the business and the rural loans are the ones that are getting totally screwed on that. That, that, yeah. because that was a Mac daddy, those rural loans. Like people love those rural loans. There was no money down. Mortgage insurance was chump change. I mean, it was a great loan and it wasn't even you had to be in a farm or, or have to have goats on the property. You just had to be what they considered far enough away from a metropolitan or, or metropolitan area or something. I'm not sure what they use, but, uh, but they had these zones, which plenty of many, many agents from many, many places sold houses in that qualified. Well, we do here in Phoenix. We've got them. We've got them on the outskirts here in Phoenix. We do USDA loans for our clients, probably at least one a month on my team is I would guess. And uh, you know, it's just, Part of the tough part about the shutdown, and I definitely don't, this is not a politics show by any means, but part of this thing is it's rough. If I remember correctly, it's something like after any any loan application submitted after the 21st of December uh, for a USD loan, USD loan is not, it's not getting approved. So you've got these buyers out there. I mean, imagine that. It's already a slower time of year for real estate, right, in most markets. And now we're taking a whole segment of buyers, like we're just saying, you can't you can't complete a transaction. So now that's like artificially extending things because of the shutdown. Man, that's that kind of sucks. I feel bad mostly for the buyers and the sellers, but gosh, the agents and the lenders too involved in it obviously have have stuff on the line. Yeah, because if you I mean if you're planning on a hundred percent mortgage and you know you don't have the cash, you know you're probably going to wait. 
and, and it'll come it'll come back of course now it, you know the other loans don't seem to be having an effect there was an issue with the irs right doing this w2 thing that they had to do and uh, they finally opened that back up and you know so there were some issues originally but luckily it was around the holiday time anyways so the people didn't expect much action to happen at the irs but after a bunch of people yelled and screamed the irs finally opened that back up and now they're confirming you know they got to confirm a w-2 when somebody submits it to make sure it's you know that's what was actually filed so amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up six steps to seven figures was an amazing read pat breaks it down into simple actionable steps that have taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow, thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT. Two four 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 nine nine nine. That's text Pat to four 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 nine nine nine, and I'll send you a free book. Yeah, and I had heard from some of my friends, and you know, who are on the lending side of the business, that there, you know, there was cases where they could go ahead and approve. Uh, they could approve it without verifying the W-2 if the bank uh, so so chose to, you know, if they were, they chose to move forward without verification of that. So it sounds like it wasn't, that wasn't a total thing. It's probably more of an inconvenience than anything else, but I, I know it slowed some people down. So hopefully this shutdown thing, this business gets taken care of and, and we can get back to like normal real estate business uh, without all the extra obstacles thrown in. We certainly don't need those. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. You know what I like is Redfin trying to do these uh, digital uh, closings, right? Digital yeah. mortgages, digital closings, but no longer needing a title company or a lawyer's office, no longer needing a, a mortgage company's offices, none of that stuff, right? I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Digital closing, they, they acquired or they merged with a company called Notary or something like that. Notarize, yeah. So they, they had this partnership with Notarize that really what it did is it took anybody who was, uh, you know, using Redfin Mortgage, the ability to close their home with literally 100% online, which is interesting and fascinating on so many levels. Uh, first of all, I mean, think about this. Redfin's in the mortgage space. I don't even know if everybody's aware of that. And no, so number one, we've got that piece of it too. And now the next piece of it is we've got, okay, now they've got this partnership with Notarize, which, you know, conse uh, not consequently, but happened to be one of the, uh, the prize winners from the Housing Wire Tech 100 Awards in 2018. So they've got some momentum and got some stuff behind them. So they went and partnered with mortgage with the mortgage arm of Redfin. And now people are theoretically like, let's think about it. Apply for the mortgage online, look for the house online, close online. I mean, you can already, we've been able to just contract online for a long time and now close online. That's, that's pretty cool. Maybe a little scary, but also pretty cool. If you ask me, you know, I wonder at the end of the day, like, 
you can't help, right? You can't help but thinking this is next. So you have somebody called, uh, whatever they call it, title company agent or the person that sits down and goes through the HUD one, right? Right? Gone, right? You know, face to face with you. You have someone, a mortgage officer, who sits down and explains the good faith. Right? I mean, you still got some of that, but you know, those people are gone and it's all becoming online. And then you got looking for the house, pulling the MLS. Gone. You just wonder with electronic lockboxes, security cameras, you know, at what point does the agent not even need to show up? Right? And just, and then it's just not. Just everything's online. There's no shaking hands at all. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting times. You know, it's funny. It's totally off subject, but related. I was looking at a meme that uh, somebody posted on my Facebook timeline yesterday, which was, you know, uh, go back 20 years, 1998. And it was like, don't talk to strangers on the Internet. And, you know, 2008, like, don't get in cars with strangers. And now it's literally 2018, 2019. And quite literally, a stranger on the internet for a ride in their car, you know, with Uber, Lyft, et cetera. And it's just kind of the way times are changing, right? And we've, we've got to adapt and real estate's no different. No, absolutely. And now they're building these things. I saw in LA where, you know, people are so much comfortable with other people from Uber and, and all that, right? That, that uh, you just get a bedroom, you just rent the bedroom and you essentially live in like a, it's an apartment complex. Don't get me wrong. It's not a house. It's an apartment complex with a, with a bunch of bedrooms, kind of like European style, right? And there's shared bathrooms. There's shared, I mean, they don't want to call it a dormitory, but it's like a really fancy freaking dormitory. And then you go downstairs and there's, you know, shared spaces, kitchen, living room, all that stuff shared. But if you need privacy or whatever, you have your own bedroom and, and it's, half the cost of an apartment and people are eating them up and these are big these are big buildings they're not like rehabbed old mansions right <laughs> these are building them from ground up and they're selling like hotcakes yeah right I mean, it's interesting times i mean you think about it you can now in, in select markets amazon you can give amazon a key to your house and they can drop your packages inside your door or leave it in your car yeah i mean and with, like I said, and with security cameras, why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you let people look at your house if you have security cameras every year, everywhere? You wouldn't care. You wouldn't. So they're, you know, if they do something, you're going to see them. It's not like you really need the agent there to like stand over them and make sure they don't ruffle through the medicine cabinet because in, in five years, you'll have a camera in there, you know? <laughs> your house is for sale. The realtor will bring you a camera to put in all of them. Yeah. I, you know, I think. Who knows what's gonna what's gonna happen? But I do think one thing is clear: is things are continuing to progress and change, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to adapt as realtors, right? And as real estate professionals, and really as consumers too, as buyers and sellers of homes, everything is being completely transformed. It it just makes me wonder, like, what's gonna happen two, three, five years down the road from today? I think we're in for some pretty cool stuff, and uh, I think. We're probably going to, at a certain point, look back and think, gosh, if I, I never would have thought this could have happened to the home buying and home selling process. We get five, 10 years down the road. So I got a question for you, Kevin. Yeah. This, this has to do with what some would consider morally right or against the code of ethics for NAR or with the code of ethics or something agents should do or what, you know, there's all these unwritten rules. So 
So what's happening now, as you know, with all these new companies, right? So many new companies, more new companies than ever before in history of real estate, right? So a compass is coming in with all this money, right? That they've raised and they're buying agents and that, that's fine, right? That's their prerogative. They're allowed to do that, right? It's their yeah. business. They've got it figured out how they're going to get their money back. You know, I don't know what it is, but they're going to figure it out. They, they've got obviously smart people working there would help. And then, so what's happening is, so they're going into these small brokerages, right? Smaller brokerages and say, Hey, we want to buy you. And of course, when everybody says we want to buy you, they're like, hmm, I'm, I'm open-minded. So they go in there, they sign a, a non-disclosure. They open up the books. They show them who their top agents are, how much their agents are making in commissions, you know, who's selling what, blah, blah, blah. Mind you, all this stuff you can get anyways from broker metrics, right? So it's not like it was necessarily proprietary. Maybe they're split. Maybe the agent split was, you wouldn't find that on broker metrics. The agent on an 80-20 or 90-10. I guess that's not on broker metrics. Anyway, so they went in. Three different companies they did this to. Benoit, Meisner, Simon, Zephyr Real Estate, and a company called Modern Spaces, I think, out of San Francisco. And anyways, they went and they did it, and the, the freaking, you know, they offered them something, and at some point, they're like, nah, that's not enough, or we don't like the deal, or whatever it was. It fell apart. And then Compass goes, okay, well, screw you. I'm gonna, I'll just take your agents then. So then they go out, and they, they recruit their agents with big fat bonuses, and pay it to the agents rather than the broker. So there's a big question there, and that is, is this the new reality? Is this cool to do? What's your opinion on this? You know, it's interesting because there's a little bit of that uh, left at the altar feeling that those companies have. I think they felt like they had a deal, which which obviously brings into question, you know, were they negotiating in good faith? What was the deal? I think the fact that companies whether we're talking about Compass or not, have been buying agents of book of business for quite some time. Like that, that's been a practice. I've certainly been offered my fair share of money to change firms and to stay at firms, et cetera. And, and the, so that's been around. I, I don't really have a problem with that. I, I think though, the fact that it's now happened a couple of times, there's at least three different companies that have said, Hey, this doesn't feel good. You know, who knows if they're just mad because they didn't get the deal done. And so Compass, you know, we don't really know, right? Maybe Compass just said, fine, if you guys are being difficult to work with, I'll just go to your agent. I mean, I've certainly seen that before where, where a broker owner feels like they've got certain rights to things more so than maybe than maybe they're a little more proud of what they have than, than maybe what they, they should be. I've seen that happen before. And so maybe the Compass in these cases just said, you know what? Let's go to the agents. You know, that's really where the business is anyway. We all know that it's the agents that drive the business. I don't, I don't care what brokerage we're talking about. And even Compass realizes that. And so they just said, I'll just give them the money. And then we know people, because a certain number of people will follow them, right? So why not just give the money to the agent? As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. 
if you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. The strategy, I would think, is go to the agent first. Yep. And then be like, we got Kevin Kaufman, right? Which is maybe whatever, let's say 5% of their company. You guys want to sell. And if you don't, we're going to go after the rest. I mean, it just sounds, though, it sounds like arbitrage, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like, you know what I mean? It's kind of, and, and I'm not saying this was their intent or this is how they're doing it or should do it, but it's the reality, right? I mean, if you're... If the business is that aggressive and recruiting is that aggressive right now, that's just the reality, right? As a broker, that's the, you got to deal with the cards that you're dealt. I mean, that, right? I mean, or tell me, is this wrong? Is this like, is this like, no, we should, as realtors, we should not treat each other like this. We shouldn't be that aggressive in trying to break up brokerages or recruit that hard. Well, I think that ship sailed. I think that's just been the reality of our business for a long time. Uh, I think the real question here is, did Compass negotiate in good faith or did they kind of appear like they were so that way they could get the information they felt they needed to value what their offer should be? I think that's the real question. And you know what? You and I, nobody's ever going to know except for the party okay. involved. You know, they probably were. not good. I mean, it probably wasn't good faith. There probably wasn't any sneaky business about it, right? There probably wasn't any funny. I'm sure they intended to buy these brokerages could they get the deals done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, um, and, and obviously they did attempt to do that first. So that, yeah, I guess it was honorable in that sense that they at least attempted that first, right? I mean, that, that's how I would look at it. And yeah, and good luck proving that they were diabolical about it because it, it probably can't be proven. Yeah, I'll tell you, I had some conversations very on the, uh, on the outside edges with, uh, with Compass, you know, very preliminary when I was exploring brokerages uh, about a little more than a year ago. and uh, But I've got some other friends that really got some deep conversations in, in, in with Compass. And, you know, they had nothing but good things to say about that team over there. And so I don't have any reason to believe that they did anything mean or malicious on purpose. And who knows, maybe they did. But based on what I've heard about that, that, that executive team at Compass from people who know them personally, my assumption is they probably weren't acting maliciously, but... You know, we'll never know. Yeah, and at the end of the day, right, it's, it's uh, you know, I heard a quote on, this was about other companies, but it's really, you know, if you've got the money, it's hard, you know, it's hard to compete with these companies that got the money as a brokerage. You know, it, it just really is. I mean, they're yeah. going to offer their, your agent a hundred grand or half a million bucks or stock options or whatever. I mean, that's, that's today's reality. You know what I mean? Either you can do that or maybe you shouldn't run your budget so tight, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or, or be worried about losing them. It is what it is, right? No doubt. Well, you know, Pat, I, I, I've had a lot of fun, man. These are some pretty cool things. I think there's a whole lot more. I bet you and I could probably talk about news for a couple more hours. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, we'll be back next week, guys. We'll be back, you know, once a week. This will be on Facebook on Next Level Agents. And, guys, if you aren't a member of Next Level Agents, you need to jump on there. Lickety split. It is the hottest Facebook group out there. And uh, we're posting it on there. And then we're also posting it 
in a recorded version on Real Estate Rockstars. So if you're not on listening to Real Estate Rockstars every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this comes out on the Wednesday show. And Kevin, let's let's give props to some of these uh, news media sources that we're getting all of our ideas and subjects from. Yeah, absolutely. So Housing Wire, I mentioned earlier as one of the as a tech award that they gave to to the notarized company, they were definitely a source of information for us, both on the on the Nick Bailey story as well as the uh, the Redfin story. I don't think you know. I think we all know Inman News is is one of the uh, foremost uh, leaders when it comes to what's going on in the real estate world. And uh, you and I certainly did our research there on Inman as well, and talked to a few folks over there. So between Housing Wire and Inman News, uh, I know that's they provided a ton of information to us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And if you're not getting Inman, you know, you should you should subscribe to both of those. Do you have to subscribe to Housing Wire? Housing Wire has an option like that, but, you know, most of their stories are free. Uh, you just got to sometimes make a few extra clicks to, to get past some of the stuff. Pay, so. for the, pay for the Inman upgrades. Definitely worth it. I also got I get some news articles from a free email uh, called The Real Daily. You guys should check that out. But yeah, I think that's where most of them came from today. So, so that, and of course, our personal experience in the business. So, anyways, Kevin, look, best of luck to you, and I can't wait to uh, jump back on this next week. Absolutely, Pat. Hey, man, have a great day. Next level agents, real estate rock stars. You guys go out, have an awesome day, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.